This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Here comes Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top. Of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox Force 5 in the open court. Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brendan Nunez, and I am joined by my co-host, as usual, Rich. How you doing today, Rich? Doing really good today. Uh, we're going to talk about some, some fun stuff today, some of my favorite uh, pop culture stuff. And then I've got some pretty fun trade hypotheticals cooked up for the back end of the episode as well. We do have a giveaway that we are going to be doing to celebrate hitting 5k total downloads and me and rich both have a couple items we're going to throw in there do you want to talk about what you have a little bit first rich yeah uh we'll we'll put some pictures out there but uh there's a bobblehead pages stoyakovich bobblehead there's a uh, i think the prize is uh, a marvin bagley autographed rookie card uh, graded mint for anyone that wants to have a little piece of King's history and something that'll probably grow in value over the years as he ascends. Yeah, and we're going to do a goodie bag style where we'll have all three of those things. And then I also have a few things of just a basic King's t-shirt with a purple shirt with a logo on the front, a bandana that they gave out at the game. And then we also have three posters that they give you as authentic fan posters, two Fox ones and a buddy one as well. But keep an eye out for that on Twitter in order to be eligible for the goodie bag. Are you currently paying off student debt? Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. Yes, the game plan here is that we are going to put each of the Kings players into a Game of Thrones house, and then later in the episode we are going to classify each of them as an avenger as well and then if there's time we're going to get to those trade hypotheticals but starting with the game of thrones i have gotten enough hate for this i'm sure it's just going to keep on coming i have not seen this show rich have you really not seen like an episode a single episode that is honestly buck wild this is the biggest thing on tv like ever yeah i think i have a problem yeah, well, I can relate to it because I 
don't give a damn about the Avengers. I, I, I don't enjoy superhero movies at all. I take flack for this all the time uh, among amongst the Sacktown royalty crew because everyone over there loves it. And I could I really could give a shit about the Avengers. However, uh, this is a fun, accessible way to like for me to try to care. Maybe it will get me roped in. Um, but you know, listen, Game of Thrones, at least this, this is kind of crazy because one of us doesn't know anything about Game of Thrones. One of us doesn't know anything about the Avengers. Thank God that one of us knows a little bit about each because I mean, yeah, yeah, there's no one in the world that doesn't care about either. Right. Yeah. It'll make it fun. And you know, I have a feeling that half the listeners turned it off right after each one of us said that we weren't into this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at least they can, they can side with one of us and hate the other one there we go yeah that's fine but hey yeah we're gonna get into some good stuff here obviously these are we're, we chose these because these are both popping off right now avengers endgame is like destroying in box offices and i don't know about the ratings for game of thrones but i'm sure they're like obscene as well so then we're starting with this game of thrones one you are the expert on this you want to how, how do you want to start this off all right, man. So here's what we're going to do. It's kind of to, to relate it to someone who doesn't know anything about it. I guess you could kind of call this episode the sorting hat episode. Uh, did you ever listen to uh, you ever watch Harry Potter or, or read the books or I, any I of that you, stuff? Yeah, I went into Harry Potter a little bit. It's a good. Show. Yeah, fair enough. I think we were the right ages for that sort of yeah. thing. I'm, I'm older than you, but, uh, you know, it, it hit like a 10 year span i mean it got everybody i think a little bit so the sorting hat like you know you put it on your head and it it puts you into one of these houses based on your characteristics all that so we're going to sort out these characters into avengers heroes and into game of thrones houses so there are houses in game of thrones kind of similar to houses in harry potter but much more mature with higher stakes these aren't parts uh, sections of a school these are basically kingdoms Right. Okay. Uh, and royal bloodlines and all that stuff. So there are, I believe, seven main houses, and those are the ones that rule over the seven kingdoms in Game of Thrones in Westeros, which is the name for the continent. And I'm just going to break down each one, and I've got a few other ones too that aren't of the major houses, but we're going to do, we're going to run through 11 here. I got the Starks, the Lannisters, the Tyrells. The Greyjoys, the Targaryens, the Baratheons, the Martells, the Tullys, the Aarons, the Boltons, and the Reeds. So starting with the Starks, who arguably are the protagonists of uh, the entire series and certainly of the first season, we got a uh, – this is a family of northerners, right? So they're the northernmost kingdom, the Starks are. Uh, their symbol is the dire wolf, which is basically a big wolf. Uh, their colors are gray and white. They live in the cold and the snow. Their motto is winter is coming. So kind of a grim lot. They're very, uh, they're, they're very straightforward. Here, I'm going to give some traits for each house too. And this is how you're going to have to, to break down where the, which each, yeah, where, where each king goes. But they're, they're truth tellers and straight shooters, very noble and loyal. Their family matters a lot to them, uh, but justice is probably their their main thing. They want justice over everything. So even if that comes into conflict with 
their family at times, or more specifically, if it comes into conflict of their safety, they will they will put it on the line. You know what I mean? For justice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's led to some bad luck and misfortune for them. But, you know, that's the way it goes uh, in the North. So also must love dogs. Interesting little asterisk there. So for me, and a lot of what I picked was because, you know, certain people fit under houses, but just fit better under different ones. So for the Stark, I put Vlade Divac. I feel like, you know, he's loyal to the franchise, minus his little stint with the Lakers. We won't talk about that. (laughs) There's the bad luck and misfortune, a couple draft picks thrown in there. And to me, he's a straight shooter that he's getting what he needs. You know, Dave Yeager, you're not doing it. You're out of here. I don't care if we just had the best year in over a decade. So to me, Divac was the best fit for the Starks from what you gave me. This is an incredible choice here, Brendan. I I didn't go through and, and sort them out myself, so I'm just going based off your reactions. But, man, I think you really did nail it. Oh, yeah. One for one. I mean, you're so right on about the uh, the truth tellers. I mean, he is – Vlade will come out and tell you Bagley's a three, and he'll do it with <laughs> a straight face. And he'll do it – he doesn't give a damn about what anyone has to say about it. Yeah. He believes in his own vision. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Even if it means his own neck, you know, he's putting it on the line, trading away future first round picks, putting it on the line uh, oh. for his for his vision. And I think that he is. Does in he a love lot of- dogs, though? Is he a dog guy? He's got to love dogs. He seems like it, right? Like what type I- of dog? Like would he have Blood some shepherds? Hounds. Bloodhounds. Okay. <laughs> you ever <laughs> seen that picture of him with the shotgun? Yes. It's hilarious. I feel like he probably has a couple dogs like in in tow behind you know him. The story behind that picture, by the way, because he just looks like he's about to go into the zombie apocalypse. He's about to wreck shit. Yeah. I I don't I I don't know the story behind it, but I mean, if you told me he was like going hunting and he had hunting dogs with him, that would add up to me in some way. But yeah. wasn't he like getting out of like a limo or something? It was like a um, it was like a Cadillac Escalade. Yeah, God, that's. That's so it was pretty badass. Bad. I posted it right after he fired Jaeger. I was like, he's cleaning house. Yeah. No, I, I feel like Vlad has got a big dog at home, like a great Dane. Like a, I mean, he needs a dog that he doesn't have to reach down to the floor to pet. You know, he, he yeah. like he needs a dog that the dog's head is like four feet off the ground. So to me, there's also a chance that he has like two big dogs and a chihuahua. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need a campaign to get Vlad a, a dire wolf. Yeah, that sounds good to me. We will start that right now. We'll Patreon that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GoFundMe a direwolf for Vlade. All right. And anyone else going in that house? That's the only one I put in there. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, next big house here is the Lannisters. Their symbol is the lion. Their colors are red and gold. They live in uh, big coastal cities, including the current kingdom uh like the the ruling city where the the king of there's a king or queen of the seven realms in addition to the leaders of each one so they're in charge right now technically because it's i mean listen the game is still afoot it's the game of thrones but as of right now they're still in charge they've been in charge for a while kind of and uh their motto is hear me roar 
although they're more known for the saying, a Lannister always pays their debts. Now, yeah, yeah, they're a complicated bunch, um, especially when it comes to family. Uh, <laughs> people who know the show know what I mean by that. Um, there's a thin line between love and hate for them, but uh, they are are romantics, even if that drives them to some dark places. Very crafty, and they're all about that that cash money. They love that money. Okay. So that all about that money instantly puts Willie Cauley Stein there for me. That and this thin line between love and hate, like, and there's romantic, like, you know, I was so into this guy, but then it just drove me into the ground. Willie Cauley Stein fit this perfectly for me in that one. I feel good about that. He definitely wants that money. He talks about it a lot. Um, it's tough because these Lannisters are up to up to some shit at times. So I don't know if uh, it, it'll be tough to compare anyone to a Lannister. I think that Willie probably fits it the best. He he does want that gold and he's going to get that gold. So I'm definitely with that. I'm with that. If anyone's a Lannister on the Kings, it is Willie Cauley Stein. Okay. And then I had one other that I threw under this category and you know, the symbol being a lion was very quick for me to associate it with Bagley. But then I saw the family relationships are complicated. And that one fit a little bit for me because you see Marvin's dad constantly complaining about the coaching. Mm. And to me, like, I would assume that Bagley's kind of like, hey, back down a little bit, maybe. So the family relationships fit there. And then the lion, I mean, Bagley's just clearly a lion. He has a mane. It's it's all about the hair. It is. It is. And the facial hair, like it to me, it makes a mane. When he runs, it's marvelous Marvin the Lion. I like that. I, I do. I was worried uh when you said Bagley because the Lannisters, like I said, they're up to some shit. But he's a crafty player. Uh the f- the family relationship thing, that's a great point. It's complicated. There is a character in the Lannister house who killed his own father. Okay. So, you know, not that I'm trying to say that Bagley <laughs> yeah, is about damn. to do that, but <laughs> it, if we're drawing big time analogies here, if he can quiet his own father and let him focus on his game, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That that's was, interesting. That sounds about right to me. I'm good with that one. Yeah. All right. That's good. Let, let's, let's move on here to, the Tyrells. By, by the way, I should probably mention this. Uh, the Lannisters are very incestuous, so um, that's where some of the some of the complications come in is with really loving your family. But mm, okay. uh, just to be clear, we're not <laughs> implying that about Willie Cauley Stein or, or Marvin Bagley. <laughs> uh, this is a silly episode. All right, now let's talk about the Tyrells. These guys, um, and we, maybe we should have put a spoiler warning up top. But I will say, I don't think that the Game of Thrones situation is really as spoilable as the Avengers, which I think we can avoid endgame spoilers for that. Yeah. But um, I, I think that if you have any interest in Game of Thrones, you've seen at least like up to the most recent season, and there's not really any excuse for it. Some of this stuff is like, you know, seven years old, or whatever. So, so can I ask you, what is like the base plot of Game of Thrones? 
Well, the crazy thing about Game of Thrones is that there are so many plots that that's kind of the fall of it, where George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote the books, has never finished the books because he created so many plots that he can't like tie them all up nicely and, and end it. Huh. Okay. And the writers for the show have extended past where the books go, and now they're having to tie everything up, and it feels really sloppy. And there's been a lot of criticism of this season, even though people can't stop watching it because they're so invested in these characters and the production value is so high. It feels like it's all going to get tied up way too quickly and way too tidy, and it's not going to make sense. Yeah. But if I had to sum up the plot, it's basically like, you know, the struggle for power in a, in a, like a medieval type of world. So yeah. you've got all these warring houses and it's mostly about, um, you know, three or four characters. And the main thing that has separated Game of Thrones from other shows is that people die. Like you get mad invested in a character and they just get a knife to the throat, like I've out of this. nowhere. And yeah. then they're so, also Starbucks drinkers, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. That's a, that, You can see why there's criticism of this season, but yeah. still got to watch it. I and will get on this. You you absolutely should. And I think that you if 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 doing if playing this game has any is you know giving you any enjoyment, I think you you'd get into it. Um that's the plan. I got to I mean even last night I was like, okay, if I watch the first few episodes, can I understand this better? Yeah. It was a little too in-depth. I was willing. I mean, so many people have told me this is great. I was like, dude, if it if it's explained in like half a season, I'll binge watch them all tonight. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, do they cover all this in the first season? I'm like, nah, (laughs) they super don't. There are some houses that like you don't even meet until the third or fourth season. And and some that are like basically snuffed out by the third or fourth season. So speaking of which, we're on to the Tyrells who they're, they were never like a main thrust of the story, but they've kind of, their storylines kind of faded over time. However, they're an interesting house. Their symbol is the rose. Their colors are green and yellow. They live in like, you know, rolling green hills. Like they're, they're all about, it's kind of like an agricultural vibe with them. Uh, their motto is growing strong. Right. So it's kind of like, uh, growth and, and a lot of their people are very young. Um, but they're smart and they're, they're kind of schemers behind closed doors, but they're very polite in public. They're very cordial and very regal. Uh, they're very important as like a – not a pawn necessarily, but they're an important piece, but they're like not necessarily playing the game that much. They're not They're not in control, but people need their support because of the agricultural stuff and because of their big army. The whole not being a main character does kind of drive away from who I picked. But the other portions of this, I feel like, are a good fit. There's rowing strong being the motto. So the guy I picked is Harry Giles. Growing strong fits perfectly there. I need these knees to grow back strong. (laughs) (laughs) He's polite in public. You have had interactions with him, said he's a great guy. We've talked to Deuce, Jason Jones, all have said he's an amazing person. But to me, when those doors get closed, I think that Harry plots some crazy shit he is just ready to just 
absolutely feast on the league and is crazy intense but keeps a smile on his face. You said, he's, you said beautiful and smiling? Come on, that's Harry Giles. Beautiful and smiling. That absolutely is Harry Giles. I love this pick too. I mean, yeah, we really did. You know, they're sowing seeds. This this house is all about sowing seeds. And, you, you know, picking him 20th, uh, in the draft a couple of years back yeah. that that is I mean we we really planted a seed with him and we're hoping to foster the growth and development of Harry Giles and have him come up and make his mark um, I hope that he's more successful than many of the Tyrells were but you know some of them really did do a great job and some of them get there you know they get what they need they they some of them do Find success. So we're hoping that Jaws is one of those. I totally sign off on that. Perfect. I'm killing this as far as I'm concerned. You really are. <laughs> the the one we have to, might have to go back to is Bagley's Lannister, and people are going to be furious with that just because okay. of some of the. Uh, you made great points, but just just with the vibe of the Lannisters, which is kind of they're the kind of the bad guys. Okay, I'll try and fit them into another one here. They're kind of the the Lakers of Westeros. Oof. Okay, yeah, that's a Collie Stein. Is <laughs> a college time. Giles is definitely one of the successful ones, as far as I'm concerned, because Giles is going to be a superstar in this league. No homer at all. Yeah, they have uh, in the early seasons. There is a character that they follow pretty closely, who is uh, like a young prince. Boom, hey, Giles. Hey, yep. Giles. Boom. All right. So on to the Greyjoys. These dudes are hard as nails, all right? They're basically the pirates of this – I mean, yeah, literally the the pirates of this world. The symbol is the Kraken, giant squid. Uh, black and yellow is their colors. They live on these tiny, stony little islands with like crazy, stormy seas all around them. Their motto is, we do not sow. And their common saying is, what's dead may never die. Basically, like the way that these guys – their coming of age is they, uh, you know, whatever you're like turning to a man, your dad takes you out to the ocean, to the beachside, and just drowns your ass. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and okay. then they bring you back to life. They resuscitate you. And that's like their thing. So uh, quite a thing. They, they say what's dead may never die. So like they kill you and bring you back from the, from the brink. Okay. So initially, this was the hardest one to pick. And initially I had Kostakufis in here because he's just, I love picturing him in that way. I don't think that he actually fits great, but I just love picturing him in that way. Like gritty death and destruction. Like yeah. I, I, that can be Kufus for me. The Kraken? Come on. Kufus is a Kraken. But when you talked about it a little more, it sounds a little bit more like a Caleb Swanigan to me. Man, if we if this podcast can do one thing, <laughs> it needs to be cementing Costa the Kraken Kufos. <laughs> Dude, that is a nickname. great nickname. That's an amazing nickname. Oh From now God. on, we're, I am only going to refer to Costa Kufos as the Kraken. I'm all for it. Oh, and the Swanigan thing. So, what's the? Why were you saying that you think um, Swanigan came to mind here? It's kind of like that uh, that tough as nails look. Maybe it's just the way this Swanigan looks a little bit there. You know, takes what he wants. I mean, Swanigan can do anything he wants all the time. I, I feel like Swanigan fit somewhere a little bit later better. But 
he just looks like a little bit more of a hardcore guy. Like I said, this was the hardest one to pick for me. Um, other guys fit or the other categories fit some of the guys a little bit better. So it, it was just guys that I felt like it would be fun to picture this way rather than what they actually are. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because his his Purdue uniform, I think, is black and gold. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got the colors going. He's definitely, uh, you know, I could see him doing well on the battlefield. Uh, you know, he's a fighter. He's overcome a lot of difficulty in his life. And yeah, so I mean, I got I got no problem with this. You know, I got no problem with that. Would anybody actually be able to drown either one of those guys though? Costa Kufis oh, or Swanigan? Like, I, I don't What's... know if you'd be able to power <laughs> either one of those guys. That's a great point, but on the flip side, they like consent to it, and I could see them both being like, "Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. It's I a good. It. It's a Tuesday for me. I'm I'm all about this Costa Kufis nickname. The Kraken. Yeah." Beautiful. All right. Uh, then we got a big one here, the Targaryens. Now, they kind of come on stronger as the series goes on because they were essentially the lost house. They were the rulers for like 700 years, and uh, then they got taken down by the Starks, uh, who we talked about, and the Baratheons, who we're going to talk about soon, as well as um, the Lannisters. It was like a, a big uprising. And they got knocked off, but there is a few surviving members, even though like basically with the way that the bloodlines work, you basically need to kill everybody from that bloodline uh, to remove the claim to the throne. So they're like out there, everyone's out there like hunting down like the women and children of this line, essentially trying to kill everybody, which is, which is wild. But um, one gets away. And that is Daenerys Targaryen, who I'm, I'm sure you at least know who that is, right? I don't. What? I know. I know. You've seen you've seen pictures of Daenerys. She's got the white hair, like the blonde, okay. so blonde, I do white know hair. Who you're talking about. She's the, the like name I know that is thrown around a lot recently. That I feel like I'm gonna butcher is what is it, Arya Stark? Um, I'm talking about Khaleesi. Do you know what I'm talking about? She has the beautiful braided white blonde hair. When you say that, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, picture wise. You know who I'm talking about, picture wise. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but so you know Arya Stark, and you know she's obviously a Stark, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, all <laughs> right. You you know, listen, not to be untoward here, but this woman's gotten naked in a lot of these episodes. I feel I feel like you know who this woman is. I don't know. She's like, she's like the. <laughs> The beautiful part of this show that everyone talks about. Um, anyway. <laughs> I am not going to say if I have or have not seen these pictures. I'm not saying the pictures, but you know <laughs> – I'm saying you know who she is. Come on. I do. I do. I do. Now that All you right. explain, yes. I didn't know the name, but uh, now I know what you're talking about. You don't need to see the pictures. Just watch the show. Watch the all show, right. Brendan. That's the you'll see. You'll see all you need to see. Anyway, wonderful actress. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Their symbol is the dragon. Uh, in fact, a three-headed dragon. Their colors are black and red. Their climate is basically, I mean, they they rock wherever. Like, they, you know, they literally fly around on dragons. And, like, the big thing for them, they literally had dragons uh, when they ruled the kingdoms, even though they were all killed. And they could. that was, like, their big thing is they could, like, jet around and, like, observe the whole kingdom and, like, 
go meet with the North and, you know, uh, you know, hold court with them and talk to them. They could just, you know, jet setting on these dragons. So yeah, they can rock wherever. And then Daenerys like escapes Westeros and went to the other continent, which is Essos. Uh, and she was gifted three petrified dragon's eggs that are essentially just stone relics, like they're fossils. And in some crazy act of magic, they turn they they turn live and they hatch the first three dragons that the kingdom's seen in like whatever a century or whatever. Okay. Um, so she's the dragon queen, the Khaleesi. She's a, such a badass. Like she's the she's the shit. So anyway, they're all about charisma. They are just charming as all hell, and they're you know, otherworldly beautiful. Like they're beautiful, but more than like the Tyrells, they're like weirdly beautiful. Like it's, it's hypnotizing. And that with that, with, you know, what comes with that is some serious ego and they are viciously ruthless. They're natural born leaders. Uh, and they're so fierce in competition that they cross the line into insanity at times. And sometimes, you know, like literal full blown insanity, but it's all from a place of, of desire and uh, ruthlessness. So this was one of the easier ones for me. That description fits Fox perfectly for me. And the natural born leader is the clear the clear reasoning there. But I also see the like just competing so hard where he could just go full psycho mode. Fox would probably say Super Saiyan. Like mm. that is that is so perfect for Fox to me. And I'm sure all Kings fans thinks that he's absolutely beautiful. This guy is the future of this team. But, like, I, I totally can see him just going complete takeover, just being a complete ass to everybody and just being a beast once he goes into another level. And he's the leader. I mean, do you, do you feel like Fox fits this one? You know, I, I don't think I would have come up with it myself, but I think that you're absolutely spot on. And I think having that sort of long view the uh detached from the show uh that perspective i think that you you were able to completely nail this one i, I would have been blinded by my own predispositions but yeah i mean absolutely crushed it and to your point about uh kind of kind of ruling with an iron fist or or what were you saying that about him him being a leader and and kind of just doing what he needs to do yeah where i feel like he has a takeover mode and that's just all driven from his competitive nature. Yeah. He's a killer for sure. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Something you were saying reminded me of the road tripping podcast, um, that came out, I think just a couple of days ago. Um, you had mentioned it on our last show. That was hilarious by the way. Yeah. And I, but one thing that I pulled from it that I think really speaks to this like Targaryen nature is that you know when they asked fox about what he needs to do to grow to a leader he said calling out my teammates more yeah right and getting everyone to embrace criticism and conflict that's fully that is fully like a a a targaryen king level response there yeah and a random quote that i really loved from that episode was asking to see championship rings and (laughs) De'Aaron Fox was because it was Harrison Barnes and Corey Brewer and I actually forgot that they were saying Brewer has one with the Mavericks 
And De'Aaron Fox was like, yeah, no, I want to see Barnes. I don't want to see Ears Brewer. Like, it doesn't hold the same value. Oh, man. <laughs> he was just taking heads. Savage. He, he didn't care. Yeah. And, I love it. And Brewer was like, yeah, actually, they have a money limit. You would know that if you would ever won one. <laughs> uh, Damn, okay. Oh, man, that's awesome. And also, on another note, did you see that apparently Brewer said that he would like to be back on the Kings? Yeah, for sure. He actually tweeted that out like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely wants to come back. I want him back. So yeah, please make that happen. Agreed. Please make that happen. Yeah, I'm excited to see where you put. Last episode. Hell yeah, and I'm excited to see where you put Brewer when, when we when I find that out. Yeah. Um, are you good on Targaryens? I am. All That's right, Fox. All right, Baratheons. Now their symbol is the stag or the horned elk. Colors: gold and black, or kind of yellow and black uh, as well. Uh, climate uh, here. This is I, I threw in a climate for each of these based on their their like homeland or whatever to okay. give a little more of a vibe they don't really have a great one here but they're i put the battlefield for them because baratheons are all about that war they want all the smoke they really do <laughs> their motto is ours is the fury these guys like they're all about hammers too like they all fight with hammers like okay they're here to bang and uh no interest in small talk no interest in politics really they're not even like about that they they're like cool with being the leaders and they actually took over as king as the king. Uh, Robert Baratheon was the king after they killed the Targaryens, but he wasn't like really about that. He just wanted to win the war, and that's pretty much it. They love to to party, like they they want to they want to win the war, and then they want to like you know enjoy the spoils of that war, party and drink and sleep around. You know, they're kind of work hard, play hard. Yeah, uh, that's their deal. Okay, so. This was a little bit difficult too, but uh, one guy and some of these, like I said, were just funny to picture them in this way. And Belly fit that perfectly for me. Where I would just love, like, if I had to pick guys that were partiers, Belly is probably the opposite of that. Which made me think that maybe he does that quietly, and we just don't, we just aren't aware of it. You know, and oh, you know he's up in Ibiza. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. The second that he's overseas, this guy is a <laughs> god. Exactly. Yeah, and the big one was that there's no small talk. Like Belly, Belly is not gonna, he's not gonna talk at all. He's just there to do his job. He's gonna nail eight threes in one game and then just go party his ass off overseas. Like it's exactly that. That's Belly for me. That's interesting. I, it may be the biggest stretch. From my perspective, it, it, right now, even from what you described to me, it definitely was a stretch. Fair enough, but I see you have another one down here, I and do. this one feels like less of a stretch. Okay, so I put my other one. I put was Frank Mason, and the partying. I definitely think Frank Mason is, you know, he's the leader of the Liddy Committee. There's a little bit of a work hard, play hard type feel there. I mean, with less playing time, but um. <laughs> No hate on Frank Mason. He seems like a good guy, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I felt like that one fit a little bit better. I mean, there might be a little bit more talk from Frank Mason, but he doesn't seem like one to get into the politics of anything. And he just seems like a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, a party guy, like the, the life of the life of the team. I love that one. I mean, if there is any – do you saw the video on his, like, instagram story where he's like cruising 
down the highway going 100 miles an hour <laughs> over the, over that, showing his speedometer, and he just kind of danced into some music. Jesus uh, Christ. No, that's terrible. It's, it is terrible. Seatbelt <laughs> off. I'll mind you, no seatbelt. So if anyone's doing that, that's a Baratheon right there. Like they're, he's probably, okay. yeah. I mean, I don't want to speculate too hard, but either going to the club or returning from the club is not like out of the question. No. So that's the Baratheon's would, doing that. I would love to see Frank Mason and Belly just both partying together. Like it'd be the most random duo. Who was if, the crew that went to uh, went went with Bogey over to Europe over the summer? I forget who it was, but they were like they were throwing down in some parties uh, overseas. I don't know. I think it was Buddy. It was Buddy and Bogey. Off I on can the, see it. Oh yeah, the they're really show, close. I know that. Which is a rad. I mean, oh, yeah, that is so. That would be a great party. I would love. I, I would just live for a picture of Frank Mason and Belly walking out of a club together. Man, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, let's move on to the Martells. Now, these guys, I often think of them as like the an- analogous for the analogy for Spain. Like they're very, uh, they're tanned. Like they've been living in that in the sun and luxury life in the sun. Um, although they're, they're kind of like, it's more like a desert environment. So maybe even you could think like the kings of like Saudi Arabia, like mad luxury, but, um, you know, they're, they come from a difficult place, but they're the kings of it. So their, their symbol is a, a sun and a spear colors are red and orange. Um, motto is unbowed, unbent, unbroken. And these guys are just like, they're cocky as all hell. Like this is their thing. Like yeah. they are cocky. They swagger. Uh, they're they're all about finesse rather than strength. So like, there's a a famous scene, and I won't spoil it, but there's two people battling. One is a a, a servant for the Lannisters or the or Baratheons at the time, uh, who's like you know basically wrecking stuff with hammers. And then there's one who is from uh dorn which is the kingdom that the martells rule over and this dude's just got a spear and he's like half or a quarter of this guy's size it's very david and goliath like he's they're the davids but they're like a cocky version of the davids um they are you know very kind of snake like they i think there's actually a group of them called the sand snakes so they're deadly but they're they're more sleek about it if that makes sense okay so Fox almost sounds like he fits this slightly, but the one that I picked that I feel like is decently spot on was Bogey. I feel like you put a description of run circles around their opponents and then strikes when they're ready. And to me, I just thought of Bogey just dribbling out the entire shot clock and then just <laughs> hitting a game winner over Tyson Chandler. Like, yeah, it's just it's exactly what it is. There's not strength. It's some finesse. He's definitely cocky with the amount of dribbles that he's doing and things like that. Like that, that sounded like bogey to me. And for your analogy, like Willie Colley Stein's there with a hammer and bogey's there with a spear. Like I could see it. Yeah. I think this one's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't, I could see it's, I could see some Fox in there as well. Um, but they, they aren't, the true leaders they're more about their own they're kind okay. of about number one um so i guess that disqualifies fox from it but yeah i could definitely see bogey in this he's definitely a finesse guy 
Yeah. I like it. Now, the Tullys. We're getting kind of off into the weeds a little bit. The Tullys are not main characters of this uh, of this story, but they, you know, they, they, they're one of the main houses. So um, I think in the books they get more into them, but their symbol is the fish. Colors are red and blue. They're power clashers in that way. Uh, their climate, they live like up in the riverlands. So they're all, you know, they live in, they're living in the, in the rivers. They're, you know, fishing. That's their thing. Um, but not on the open sea, like the Greyjoys. motto is family, duty, honor. Um, the, the main character in the first season, uh, his wife was from the Tullys. So I don't know if you kind of get that vibe of like, dutiful they're like role players you know what i mean they're 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 really they play their role they keep to themselves but they're supporting those around them good friends and they're also a lot of great archers uh so distance shooters uh for the tullies to me this was harrison barnes perfectly like a role player that's gonna be a little bit more to himself i mean he does have that veteran experience and a little bit more of a voice in the locker room but Good from hitting from distance, 40 plus percent from deep. And just that role player that's kind of quiet to himself, but does what he needs to do. And, you know, Barnes could be a fish guy. Totally. This, you nailed, you nailed this. This is uh, the low usage house right here. This is the, the house of three and D. Yeah. Which is funny to say for Barnes after his Dallas days. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe he's just coming back. And they were, you know, he was miscast trying to be Targaryen for the for Dallas. He can't he can't do that. So yeah. getting back to himself, I love that. I love that. Let's jump right over to the to the Aarons. Uh, their symbol is the falcon and the moon. Colors are blue and white. They they live up in the mountains, the very very tall mountains. In fact, they got like prisons up there, and they got this thing called the moon door, where in the middle of their courtroom. Or like their king's uh, wherever he holds court, there's like a door in the middle of it, and uh, like basically a hole that drops like whatever thousand feet. And if they don't like what you're saying, they just throw you down that hole. Uh, their motto is as high as honor, and isolated. They're isolated uh, up in the mountains. They're very focused on defense. They defend their own castle extremely well. It's basically considered literally impenetrable. Like there's no way you could march an army up the mountain and take it it's just not happening so you know they're ambitious and they got high hopes for themselves they're but they're very focused on themselves and and you know keeping their defense tight okay so the defense doesn't fit what i picked necessarily but i put buddy healed and to me being isolated focused on himself you know i bet you in that castle there's a court buddy healed shoots 100 threes each hour and if he doesn't (laughs) hit 95 of them then he's jumping through that moon door it's just that's that's buddy, dude. Like that's good to me. He's isolated. He's focusing on himself, and he's just shooting three thousand threes a day up there. That's good. He's yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh, a good candidate here would honestly be Corey Brewer. I think okay. you could you could throw him in there too. They're honorable. They they're focused. They're probably playing a lot of chess up there in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Defense comes first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. But you know, uh, something about a falcon. I could see Buddy, you know, repping the the birds. I feel like he yeah. he's a high flyer. 
You know, I, I don't think you're far off here. I definitely brew across my mind once you started talking about the defense a little bit more there. Gotcha. Um, next house, and this one is tough because we, we almost don't want to put anyone here because this is really the shitheads of of uh, Game of Thrones, but they're the Boltons. So their symbol is a flayed man, which is just a man that's been skinned alive. Nice. They're co- <laughs> yeah. Rough stuff. Their colors are red, white, and black. Climate is basically they're up in the north as well, like the Starks are, but they never ran shit like the Starks did. And they're kind of cold and landlocked and it's bleak up there. Yeah. Their their motto is our blades are sharp. They're pr- they're just sadistics. Um they also love dogs like the Starks do, but they're, they basically have dogs to kill people with and to feed their enemies the dead bodies too. That's like their, that's their thing. So. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So they're happy guys. Cool guys. Cool, yeah. cool guys. So I threw Brewer in here and this is totally profiling how Corey Brewer looks, to be honest. Like <laughs> he just looks a little bit psychotic almost. And he seems like an absolutely great guy, a funny guy, but – I could see Brewer just being a little bit crazy. Like the torturing them as long as possible. I think of him defending James Harden while he's sitting on the floor. Okay. Like, Brewer, it, it was difficult to put someone in here because I also wanted to throw, say, like maybe a Swanigan in here because of just like maybe it's the nappy hair that looks a little bit psychotic. But it, that this one was difficult. I threw Brewer yeah. in here and you're probably upset with me because Brewer's your guy. He is my guy. He is my guy. I think I've got him probably more as an Aaron, but uh, I, I maybe I should have not even put these guys in there just because they're it's too much almost to compare anyone to them. But I don't know. I mean, they're they're hardcore. They're really really hardcore. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the I, I guess if there is a when he's here next year. Oh my god! Yes. There we go. If anyone is a Bolton, it's it's Pat Bev. But he shaved his face. He looks all professional now. Did you see that? Uh, he can always grow that back. It's true. <laughs> that is really good. Oh, man. All right. Uh, you know who else could be a Bolton is like a Marcus Smart. This is true. Yeah, I thought of like Draymond Green. Mm, oh, this, this is great. You're doing, yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen this show. I got to get on it. I'm telling you, I'm going to. But at the same time, I've been saying this for probably like a year to everybody. So, Fair enough. Um, and then the last one I have in here, there's a lot of love for this house, but they're like basically out the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, it, I have we a seem perfect to... one. Oh, okay. I have a perfect one. You All say right. that they're hippies a little bit, right? Yeah, this is kind the of... reeds. Okay. This is the reeds, yeah. Okay. They're, so, go ahead. they're like children of the forest, basically. And they're almost like you said we can cut this one. Dude, it's Caleb Swanigan. Come on. Like I said okay. that he's psycho at the beginning, but it's it's one or the other. Like there's no in between for him. I could see him sitting in the middle of a grass field with just flowers everywhere, legs crossed, just meditating. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. I really yeah, that's good. Someone was saying that uh Kufos was a buckeye. I, I talked to some Sacktown Royalty guys to get some comparisons here. Isn't like a Buckeye come from a tree? I don't know. I don't know. But the re- I could see Kufos is like a gentle giant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I considered Kufos there as well. 
They love the trees. I don't know. I don't know. That one's a stretch. Their symbol's a lizard, and I feel like Swanigan is vaguely reptilian. Yeah, like if he just occasionally stuck his tongue out, like he could be a lizard. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, it seems like we've uh, gotten as much as we can out of the Game of Thrones world. Uh, we're going to bring in a guest here in a moment. Is that right? Yep. We are going to bring in Adam, who was on the Clippers crossover pod, and he's got a little bit more Avengers uh, knowledge for us there. The King's Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast, and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so we got a guest on here to help us with the Avengers section of this, and we talked to him recently on the Clipper Crossover podcast. That is going to be a close friend of mine. It is Adam, who's currently running the Celtics Pulse podcast, actually. How you doing, Adam? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on here, and I think that you also happen to be a Game of Thrones fan, right? This is true. This is true. Uh, watched every episode so far, probably two or three times over. That's a sensible guy right there. I, I don't know. I can't. Is that a shot I, at me, Rich? It is. I, <laughs> I'm on board with Adam. I mean, uh, I can't imagine how you don't. You Brandon hasn't watched a single episode of this entire show. It's true. I've had a conversation with him telling him he needs to watch it. And he's like, I know, but I don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> right. Well, he, I mean, I'm the I'm the worst though because I I don't watch any superhero movies, any Avengers films. I don't care for them at all. So we've kind of brought you on to help us out there, but uh, we'll give you a brief rundown of how the Game of Thrones uh, segment went and see if there's any immediate reactions here to some of where the starting lineup ended up. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. I'm interested. All right, so we got uh, Vlade Divac, the GM and former star of the Kings, as a Stark. We got Stark. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll just break down the rest. We got we got Bagley and Willie Cauley Stein as Lannisters. We got Giles as a Tyrell. We got Fox as a Targaryen. <laughs> Bogey as a Martell and Barnes as a Tully. <laughs> you got Barnes as a Tully. <laughs> I'm really curious on how you got Fox as a Targaryen. So I, I did these picks and it was just based on the descriptions that Rich gave me. And he was talking about how Fox was like a leader. And that was instantly made me think of Fox, obviously. And then Rich described me as like so competitive that you go crazy at times. And I just see that in Fox. And he catches fire too, right? Exactly. Oh, there it is. The only other one I was shocked was was um, Vlade Divac as a Stark. See, that I felt was... really on point to me. I, could me just... I pictured him more as a, a Lannister, just kind of like guiding the armies. Mm. Mm. Well, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. It's a really good pick. He's got his, uh, you know, he just tells it like it is. He straight, you know, shoots it straight. And I feel like he comes out and says, Marvin Bagley's a three. I don't care what you have to say about it. And I'll put put his neck on the line for that. But good. Sounds like we weren't crazy off base there. But now we need some help getting into the 
Marvel Cinematic Universe. So why don't you uh, guide us through this choppy, these choppy waters? <laughs> That's no problem. So I've been a Marvel fan for probably about 21 years. They're just comic books in general, really. Love the movies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a name of a hero. Then I'm going to give you a brief description of that hero. And then you kind of link it up to one of the players on the team. Is that good? Sounds good. Yep. Okay, so we'll start with Iron Man. Uh, not special in terms of he doesn't have any actual powers, but he's ridiculously intelligent, has a boatload of cash, uh, can build things out of anything. I mean, the guy was in a cave in the middle of nowhere and somehow built a reactor to keep him alive. So who would you have as your Iron Man? Super smart, super good with his hands and lots of money. You want to go first on this one, Rich? We'll take turns on who goes first. Um, yeah, maybe you take this first one because I struggled the most. I, I did some some work on it and I came up with Bogey, but I'm happy to I'm happy to to defer here. This one was difficult. I wanted you to go first because I don't know this one very well either, to be honest. Like Iron Man was difficult here. And if it helps He's willing to sacrifice himself for the team. Okay. Okay. I think Bogey, I like Bogey for this, actually. So, listen, there's an injury history, right? This is true. And I also kind of see Bogey as like the OG of this current Kings era. And I know he's only a second-year player, but he kind of marked the start of this new core. Uh, Fox was there, too, but... Bogey really had the reins early on last season. Uh, he, yeah. you know, came before Bagley, came before Giles, uh, you know, his first appearance, all that. And he was like the first good young player of this core. Okay. I like that. I put Fox because I felt like he's kind of, he is the leader of this team and he makes sure that it's known. And I feel like Iron Man kind of falls under that a little bit of like a cockiness, but kind of good reasoning behind it. I, I didn't think it was a perfect fit, but I ended up putting Fox on there. You got Fox as an Iron Man. I do. Do you have okay. do you have an idea on who you would throw as Iron Man? I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um That's it fair. wouldn't have been Fox simply because I've got a spot in my mind reserved for him. Okay. Same. As, uh as Iron Man, personally I would have gone with like a board grabber, a guy that is able to be a second or third option, but takes a back seat in order to help stabilize the defense. So that would have been the way I kind of chose my Iron Man. Okay. Which that sounds a little bit like Barnes. Kind of. Okay. I, I like feel a that blue guy. You know, he's able to hold his ground. He can do what he needs to do. Barnes just isn't cocky enough for me. Yeah. He's too quiet I mean, to be Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man's cocky, dude. Yeah. He, he's super smart and he knows it. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, we've got Captain America. Now, Captain America, before he became Captain America, was a small, skinny dude, wanted to join the army to help fight for, for America, kept getting rejected because he was small, he was skinny, he was asthmatic. He ended up getting picked up by like some crazy scientist who liked his attitude, how he wanted to serve his country, you know, he wasn't just trying to be a soldier. He wanted to actually make a difference. Ended up going through some scientific like test, became a super soldier. And now the guy's just that he's a super soldier. 
He's super strong. Age is really slow, super fast. His muscle tissue can regenerate quickly. I mean, the guy's five, eighteen years in the Arctic, dude, just yeah. frozen and then just defrosted like nothing happened. Very patriotic, very, very sticks by his morals. He's got a strong mind. Who you got for Captain America? So, I put Harry Giles here simply because he. What what was the story that he? He got like locked under ice for a certain amount of time and then came back, right? <laughs> to be like that the was Iron Man story, or are you actually talking about Giles here? No, I- I'm talking about uh, Captain America. Yeah, so he was in a plane, dude, and the only way it had like explosives that was gonna poison everybody, and the only way he could save it was to crash that plane into the Arctic, and that's what he did. Okay, and then he was, like, trapped in there for however many centuries, right? It was, like, 18 years, dude. He was yeah. frozen. Yeah. And to me, that was the two years that Giles didn't get to play basketball for. And now he came back and is just this superhero that is worthy of everything. And Giles is one of the main guys for me. And that was my main that was my main Giles connection there. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, he definitely... Keeps that those ice pack uh, ice packs around. Exactly. Um, that's interesting. I, but I feel pretty strongly about Harrison Barnes here for Captain America. One, I've always felt, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of he's a strong defender, right? He has got that shield, right? The shield is what kind of typifies him in my mind as a casual viewer. Yeah, uh, vibranium shield. So that's some defense, right? I think I got I got Barnes there. Like you know, he he plays strong D, uh, not the flashiest guy. Very humble, very religious. Uh, very you know, he's got his set of morals and his set of ethics, and he sticks by them. And then listen, Barnes played for the USA Olympic oh, basketball team and won a gold. There so go. patriotism. That's a cheat code right there. I think you there's won your Captain on that one. America right there. Yeah. Boom. Are you happy with those choices? Yeah, I'm upset that I feel like Rich had better picks already on the first two. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we move on to four. Uh, my accent makes me make it sound like the number, but still, it's the God of Thunder. So I did this thought guy's... you said the number, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Four. I can't do it. My accent just makes I was makes like, no, we're on number three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the God of Thunder. This guy is Prince of Asgard, the rightful heir to the throne. As his name says, he can control thunder. It runs through his veins. Has a hammer called Molinia, which only if you're worthy can you pick it up. And now he also has Stormbreaker, which he built himself in the heart of a dying star. That's very important because now he's got two weapons. Badass. So what I'd be looking for here is a guy that has more than one ability in the sense of he might be able to shoot the three and be a big rim block, rim protector. Just so he does more than one thing at an elite level. Okay. All right. Are you ready for me to crush the third one in a row here? Do because it. I was chomping at the bit. This is Marvin Bagley. Agreed. Yes. With a bullet. We can both he, win this one. Yeah. He's. You want to talk about hammers? Bagley's got him. He's throwing that down. Uh, and I think his second. You said heir to the throne. Yeah. yeah. Come on. He, okay. His ascendant is is oncoming. 
And uh, there's no question about it. His second weapon is going to be that three. He's going to f- go to a heart of a dying star this offseason. You just shat on Marvin Bagley about his three ball the other day. <laughs> it's not there yet. It's true. It's not there yet. Yet being the word, the, the, the key word here. I mean, did Thor have that, that uh, Stormbreaker in the first couple movies? No. True. No. So in the movies, what happened was in Ragnarok, Ragnarok actually turned out to be his sister and she crushed the hammer. So he had to go and build himself a new weapon that was worthy of a god. And that's how he got Stormbreaker, which is an axe. Okay. So Dave Yeager crushed his initial hammer and now he's taken over. Uh, okay. I'm with it. I like that. <laughs> you with me on Bagley? I am. I-, I think that that was the perfect one. It was easily Bagley for me. There's not even anything else to throw in there. Okay. So now we move on to Hulk. Now, uh, real quick, real quick. I okay. feel like we should go Loki. You want Loki? Okay, so Loki's the brother of four, but he's only a, an adopted brother. Loki was actually an abandoned child from the Frost Giants. And when, and when Odin, which is Thor's father, conquered the Frost Giants, he found Loki and took him back to Asgard and raised him as his own son. He's the god of mischief. Always putting tricks, good at magic, can make you see shadows, make you see things that don't exist. <laughs> All right, come on. It's Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, this is perfect for me. The guy that... Okay, yeah, exactly. Occasionally does good things, but most of the time, you're just upset because he's tricking you the entire time, thinking that, wow, this guy, you're seeing shadows, you're seeing these flashes of, oh my god, I could be a rim protector if I wanted, but I'm not going to lift my hands above my head. Like... Loki just fits that perfectly for me. And then Thor takes the shine from Loki, so Bagley takes it from Kali Stein. I-, I think I nailed this one. It's not bad. Though I've got Oof. a better one for Willie Kali Stein coming up in a second here. And because I went with Barnes for Captain America, I've still got Giles on the board. I'm putting Giles here. Whoa. And I know that Loki plays like the villain, and that's not going to fit with Giles. However, he's kind of in Bagley's shadow. He's not getting the playing time that Bagley gets. He's the second big, basically. He's the second big man prospect on this team, living in the shadows a little bit. But you want to see some magic? I mean, go watch a highlight reel of, of Giles' passes. And, you know, I'm getting competitive here. I feel like I won this one. We're, we're, we're 2-1, Rich. <laughs> That's fair. What you should do is you should get the fans to decide who won this. Let's yes. Go. I'm down. Okay, as far so, as my scoreboard, it is 2-1. Rich is winning. <laughs> At least you're honest. So we move on to Hulk. Hulk is Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's father was a biochemist, again working on... This time it was more like cellular regeneration and gamma radiation. Injected himself and then went bruce banner was born that gamma radiation actually went through onto him and then it just well all sorts of messed up bruce banner ended up running the same test injected it into himself boom you've got the whole one minute super calm guy wouldn't say boo to a, a goose and then boom hulk smash when hulk angry hulk smash <laughs> think of super strong uh i'd be going for a big here a rebounder somebody that's not afraid to be a bit of an enforcer and somebody who doesn't come across as the smartest man if we're talking about Hulk. My turn, or you're up. 
All right, so it's about to go three one because no, this no, no. is so clearly Willie Cauley Stein, Bruce Banner, and uh, the Hulk. Is it Bruce or is that right. right? Yeah, yeah, All that's right. right. So there is a tremendous amount of inconsistency with this character because he fluctuates from human man Ooh. to gargantuan green beast, and you want to talk about inconsistent big men? Let me show you to Willie Cauley Stein. Damn. I'm pissed. I'm <laughs> uh, cutting that. Damn it. I'm cutting that. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I, I'm going with Costa Kufis because he looks like he doesn't even want to be in his own body. Like he, do, he looks like he doesn't fit what his body is, but he doesn't have that like switch that he turns. I'm just, uh, I'm pissed. 3-1. It's 3-1. It's 3-1. And by One the way, I, I will remind you to refer to him by his true name, which is the Kraken. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> We decided uh, this earlier by what house we put him in. <laughs> okay. So the next one up, one of my personal favorites is Spider-Man. Peter Parker, average kid at school, not too popular, not great at much, gets bit by a radioactive spider. All of a sudden, he's Spider-Man. He can do whatever a spider can. Uh multifaceted he can climb he can swing uh he's got senses that let him know danger is gonna happen just before it strikes and he's super cocky he's got that young cockiness he knows he's good all right it's three two it's three two i'm going bogey here i think that he's cocky like we talked about earlier we literally put him in a house because of that i think that he's multifaceted like he can dribble he can shoot he can pass and Spider-Man's an overseas guy in this new one. Bogey clearly has that accent to him. To me, uh, you're not going to be able to convince me. It's Bogey. And I know that you're stuck on what you got on yours. I I uh, I have a guy here who is far younger and far swaggier than Bogdan Bogdanovich. But would and... you call Spider-Man swaggy? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he's cocky. He's He definitely has a swagger. I mean... I think that in the limited versions of Spider-Man movies I've seen, he's absolutely young swagger is correct. And he swings and leaps uh, with superhuman ability, (laughs) the speed, the athleticism, the leaping of De'Aaron Fox, young leader. Now, maybe not necessarily the leader yet, but he is going to be a leader one day. Fox is the guy here. He's got, He's he does appear to be moving at a superhuman pace. He's got the instincts. I think he the way that he flies around the court, uh, along with the youth. Uh, you got to give me De'Aaron Fox here, Adam. You're gonna have to decide this one. De'Aaron Fox was my God choice too. damn it, dude! I, you're my guest. What's going on here? And I've never seen this podcast guest. <laughs> That's a fair point. He's our guest. Damn it. <laughs> but I did. I can't lie, dude, because then you're going to ask me to tell you why. And then I'm going to be stumped. Once we stop the recording, you can tell him that he won. Like, come on now. <laughs> Whatever. 4-1. 4-1. Was there any additional reasoning there for for Fox's Spider-Man? You, you know, feel free to, to chip in where we're if we missed something. No, with Fox, it was just that he was young. He was athletic. Spider-Man's very athletic after he's bitten. He actually wakes up. Uh, a day later and all of a sudden he's gone from skinny to this jack ripped kid he's super fast uh, athletic you've kind of nailed it with him it's the, the most obvious choice on the <laughs> roster i don't know how anyone would have chose anybody different 
Boom. Well, that that's going to do it for this Eddie episode <laughs> of the King's Bulls podcast. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned, uh, Brennan, you mentioned that he's going overseas, but Spider-Man's American. He's an American character, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa. Are we talking new or old Spider-Man? I think that's I mean, what it comes down to. The new Spider-Man's actually filmed overseas. Uh-huh. The, ne- the one that comes out later this month or early next month is actually filmed in, I think it's in London, in my country. So can we go like three and a half to one and a half? But the the character is from America, right? He, he goes yeah, on he's a, an American kid, yeah. I think right. he's Midwestern if we're being... Pro- no, he's he New is? York, dude. He's a New York. Right. No. Yeah, yeah. He, oh. Even like the Tobey Maguire version. Oh, okay. The Spider-Man character. Spider-Man I thought you talked, meant the actor. Yeah. No, because the actor, the new... Isn't it like Tom Holland? He's a UK guy, right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that Spider-Man that's is That's true. Really. That's true. Thank you, Adam. Oh, All right. <laughs> Okay, so now we've got Hawkeye. Now, there's a misconception that Hawkeye is not actually superhuman. I'll refer you to a song he sings on YouTube. Please Google it. Hawkeye, I'm super too. Because a lot of people think he doesn't have powers. Please check it out, everybody. It's super cool. Um, basically, he's a sharpshooter. He's got long-range vision, and he can hit a target from miles away. There's not really much more to say. He's also really good at hand-to-hand combat. But in terms of basketball, you're looking at your three-point dead-eye shooter. Okay. And that's is that the only thing that he can do for the most part? For the most part, he's an archer. He um he shoots things down with wicked-ass shot. Okay. So the clear answer here is Buddy. But to me, Buddy can do more than shoot. So I'm going a guy that pretty much the only aspect he brings is shooting. And I'm going with Bielitsa. Because I feel like that is, like I said, it's the only thing he brings. To me, I feel like Buddy needs to play one of these more main characters. Can you, so, okay, so I have seen Endgame, and Hawkeye plays a very leading role in that, in that film. Yes, he does, yeah. So, that's why my instinct was going Buddy. I felt like he is a, he is a main character of at least the this most recent film. Um, obviously, if we're talking sharpshooters, there are only two options, Buddy or Belly. Is there anything about his like personality or uh, who he is outside of just combat skills? Yeah, so have- obviously in the movies, they try and keep his personality quite concealed, but he does have his own set of comics that have been running for years. Uh, he's very serious, very tuned into what his task is at that moment in time, very loyal, very combative when he doesn't agree he was he won't just be a yes man oh man <laughs> all right you know that's a little bit more buddy i thought of the combative i thought of him and jaeger going at it in that golden state game but you know the being quiet a little bit more reserved that they kind of present in the avengers i feel like that's more of a um a belly i mean the guy chose a side in civil war dude in the avengers movies it was a captain america movie but it was still had all the avengers cast he chose a side he took a stand okay i'm staying buddy hill just because i mean he is there's no denying that buddy hill is an elite elite sharpshooter yeah so I'm, i'm saying buddy that's fair we're gonna have to see where your where belly fits in for you here i yeah i got one cooked up okay okay <laughs> next one is ant-man my least favorite Avenger, and oh, probably really one of my that. least favorite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably one of my least favorite heroes. The guy's just, he's an idiot. He's an idiot that stumbles upon somebody with a suit that can help him shrink down to the size of an ant. No physical excellence, 
no genius. He's just funny, but he's not funny because he's funny. He's funny because he's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> he just got lucky. That's all it is. So, so who's on your roster because they got lucky? Frank Mason. Ooh. This is Frank Mason. He, uh, uh, his effect on the game is microscopic, much <laughs> like an ant. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a guy that's really got no discernible skills other, other than being drafted to this team and possibly being released from it shortly. Uh, and he, listen, he's a little dude already. So not trying to make, I, what he, he probably is listed at six feet, but he's probably five ten. So, by, you know, I'm glad you went first because I did kind of want to just take your answer because it fits very well. But my argument here, and I'm pulling up the height, I was going to say Yogi Ferrell because I thought he was shorter, but he's actually an inch taller than Frank Mason. Huh. So, it's not uh, your day today, Brandon. No, it's not, man. I, I'm really <laughs> just not having a good day. I, yeah, I had Yogi because of the size and... But Frank fits all too better. I shouldn't have even said that I had Yogi. I should have just said I had Frank Mason. Just went with it. The best you can hope for is a draw on the rest of these. Yeah, because currently we're at 6-1 after that one. So, Doctor Strange, the guardian of the realm, a magician, can control portals from one world to the next, one round to the next, can control the Earth's molecular structure, and is tasked with guarding one of the most important Infinity Stones. Very, very talented. Very, very good at pull- literally pulling things out of a hat. The guy's a magician. So who have you got that can make something out of nothing that can be that magician for you? Oof. Okay. He can, bring, he can resurrect. He has that kind of power. He's, he can only resurrect when he's got the Infinity Stone. But he has that sort of level of power. Can see the future. So the reason I'm hesitating here is because I'm kind of regretting my pick already. But uh, I put Corey Brewer here. And maybe Rich will feel this one a little bit more because he has that soft spot for Brewer. But he can, he can make things happen. He can come in and change the entire game just off his off of his hustle and hard play. And... You know, he's veteran enough that I feel like he can see into the future, meaning that he can tell what is happening on the court, that he's got some good basketball IQ. He's seen a lot. He's got a ring, you know, even if Fox likes Barnes ring a little bit better. But that's my that's my argument for Brewer. I kind of debated throwing Buddy in there, but I'm sticking with Brewer. I had Buddy as uh, excuse me. I had Brewer as well. This one felt like a layup to me since we had just talked about in the last episode, how I just want to sort of hang out and like drink tea or like play chess with Corey Brewer and just glean knowledge and wisdom from him. This is true. I feel like it's just pouring out of him and that, uh, I mean, I think if there's any, any Avengers character that would win a chess tournament, it's Dr. Strange. So yeah, that's Corey Brewer with a bullet for me too. Well, Okay. Hold on. Adam is Dr. Strange or Iron Man winning a chess game here. What just out of intelligence? Yeah, Iron Man, hands down. Oof. Okay, not interesting. Your chess guy. But could you use like <laughs> witch magic or whatever to, this is to true. win? This is true. I mean, he could control the priests. He sees that he's got the capability of seeing the future. He's so five he moves ahead. What moves are going to be made? Yeah, that's why I asked if it was solely based on intelligence. Okay, so uh, 
I said the name first, and uh, you kind of bit off my answer, so I think I get the point here. Well, listen, I we you we share a Google <laughs> document where I put Brewer as Doctor Strange oh, before up. you started your list. So. <laughs> so before you guys start to fight, let's jump onto Groot, one of my all-time <laughs> favorite, a sentient tree from an intergalactic planet. His first ever appearance in the Marvel Universe was when he came to Earth to actually capture humans for experiments. However, that's not shown. He's just an awesome tree that protects Rocky. He basically can extend to any length because he's a tree, so he just, you know, grows. Um, Super strong, very, very intelligent, but can barely speak. That's about all you've got for group. So who's the most tree-like guy? (laughs) Qu- quick comment, quick comment, because I know Rich is first here. Costa. Rich, yeah, and this is the clear answer. But Rich, you can see, like he said, we're on a Google document, and I'm making sure to not look at Rich's answers, and it just showed that Rich is looking at my answers right now. So I feel a little bit cheated here. Okay, so you, my answers were all set in stone before you added your answers. It's true, but I made sure not to look at them, and you're just going to have to believe me here. Okay, fair enough. But that's fine. I think you were worried about genuinely losing this game. You can have a couple of these. But I had Costa as Groot, and I'm pretty sure it was before you had Costa as Groot. I didn't anyway. say I have Costa as Groot. Well, okay, like you said, I'm seeing your page, so I think <laughs> whoa, you, whoa, whoa. I'm seeing some in time <laughs> you did just edits. Say that. I'm seeing some in time edits here. Well, all I wrote was get off my list. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, yeah. so here, I and I alluded to it earlier in the Game of Thrones thing, but Costa Kufos is obviously Groot, gentle giant, and he is an Ohio State Buckeye, so plant life connection? <laughs> A stretch, but I feel it. <laughs> this is brilliant. So, right. uh, yeah, I have Costa Kufos as Groot. I think that uh, he's the obvious answer here, that if I had to pick one guy on the team that couldn't say anything but I am Groot, it is definitely Costa Kufus. And, like, I think I was at this game, actually, but there was a point where the ball got stuck on the top of the uh, of the rim, kind of where the shot clock is a little bit, and nobody could get up there using the sticks that, like, they used to clean the floors when the players go to the other side. And Costa just comes and grabs it and just uses his height to get it off. And that's just some, you know, nice, helpful thing. I could hear him saying, I am Groot, while he was doing it. <laughs> There's a video of me at a Clippers game screaming, I am Boban, because if I was to choose any NBA player, it's wow. going to be Boban. That's be pretty Groot. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You're completely on the money there. And I think that Costa is our our best imitation of Boban. Yeah. I'd agree there. So moving to the next one, you've got Nick Fury, the man that oversees all of S.H.I.E.L.D., the company that's designed to keep intergalactic threats at bay and to make sure that meta humans or superhumans and heroes are all working together and they're all strictly monitored he's the overlord that knows everything that's going on and keeps all the secrets whenever he needs to keep them so um the clear answer here is the gm i feel like you have to pick the gm unless your gm like is on the floor like lebron james and the lakers or something but Vlade is the one overseeing everything. He put together all the Avengers. He put together this entire squad of what is now becoming superheroes, according to us. The clear answer is um, Vlade Divac. 
And Rich is in our document right now, putting our score of 6-1, just attacking me. 48-point font. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this one's not even like worth discussing. He is obviously, Vlade obviously is uh, the Nick Fury of the squad. Nick Fury is obviously the GM of the Avengers. Um, and you, and on a, on a competitive note, you can't keep counting our ties as Who your wins. First? Who said well, it first? But here's the thing when we, but you're not counting the ones for me when I say it first. Well, you got to let me know when you get a point. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's in the bag. We agree. Nick Fury is Vlade. Vlade is Nick Fury. They are one. So to throw another one at you, I'm going to throw War Machine. Now, War Machine is basically an Iron Man suit but he's used by Captain Brody. And the way they got this uh, machine, this war machine, is by basically stealing it from Tony Stark, saying it was a weapon, and that the United States government should have access to that weapon. So what we're basically saying is, who's the biggest Uncle Tom? Who's the biggest Uncle Tom is the question? (laughs) Well, it's Warlord. So Warlord is basically an Uncle Tom. He's the face of the army whilst using Avenger technology. Uh, so there's like a, he it was like stolen tech that was used against the Avengers. Well, it was tech that was common that was commandeered from Tony, from Iron Man. Captain Brody was one of Iron Man's best friends, and right. he's actually in all of the Avengers films from Iron Man one all the way through to the end game. Okay. So you can you can think about this for a second, Rich, because I have the right answer. Please sure. It is it is Caleb Swanigan. He looks like he has the powers available to him, but he just doesn't fully understand how to use them. And instead he just sits around and just keeps eating food. But he's like, Hey, I got the suit. This is enough. And I can do work with it. But it's just not the same. He's not Iron Man. He's not I said De'Aaron Fox. Who'd you say for Iron Man? So I had Bogdan Bogdanovich, which leads me into Belly, Bielitsa, as uh, my war machine. Both came from overseas, both sort of bringing the same tech with them to the table. The technical experience and knowledge and the craftiness, the Euro steps, the range, the in and out dribbles. And, you know, Belly can do a little bit of everything. Yes, he's an inferior version of of uh of bogey because he is older but uh and you know a little bit weaker probably doesn't have the the youth and the vitality of my iron man bogdanovich but i'm gonna go with nemanja bielitsa here you know okay so i had to put together a defensive tape for austin rivers to defend myself i'm gonna need to see a game where there is two of any sort of in and out or euro step from nemanja bielitsa just Google uh, Nemanja Bielitsa dunk over Justin uh, – over uh, – what was the dunk over Jaron Jackson Jr.? I do remember this. Okay, but he's a thief, like, in, in a way. Like, Belly is way too nice for this. Like, I mean, is he really going to betray? Well, he betrayed the 76ers when he signed a contract with ooh, them ooh, and then backed out ooh. of it and came to Sacramento. I got to shut up here. 7-2. <laughs> Brendan's getting whooped right now. I'm so sorry, Brendan. You don't sound very sorry. I'm finding it quite funny. You laugh <laughs> at me when I have bad time. Uh, <laughs> right, so the next one, another curveball for you, is Rocket. So Rocket is a genetically engineered raccoon. He's <laughs> best friends with Groot, 
or Hart. The guy's obviously he's small. He fights along amongst the Avengers, and he has no powers to speak of. He's just all heart, little guy, big heart. It's your turn, Brendan, so you can take this one. But oh, I think yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have the same answer. Oh yeah, it's Yogi Ferrell here. It is. It is. Oh yeah, and you know, I was almost forced to say Frank Mason because I already picked Yogi for something, but it's clearly Yogi Ferrell. Uh, the only argument for Frank Mason would be that he's best friends with Kufis because they're both on the bench 24-7. But, um, yeah, Yogi's the small guy with a big heart. He plays his ass off. I, I mean, there's not much to it. it. It's the clear answer there. And Rocket likes to fight from distance. And Yogi, you know, he may not be the best player, yeah. but his uh, he's got the range. Yeah, so the transition pull-up yeah, threes fits. seem automatic for some reason. It fits, yeah. And keeping with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy theme, who's your Star-Lord? Star-Lord is part human, part God. He was an intergalactic contracted thief, basically, until he bumped in, until he got arrested along with Gamora, Rocket and Groot, and Drax. And that's how they became the Guardians of the Galaxy while protecting an Infinity Stone. So who is your part man, part God? We're running out of players here pretty quick, aren't we? I think this is the last one. All right. Um, part man, part God. And so I have this I have seen um like the original Guardians of the Galaxy film. I actually saw Guardians of the Galaxy two. I didn't get like a strong vibe of him being a god. I probably wasn't paying attention, but I saw him he's more of a mercenary, right? Yeah, his father in the second one, his father is is a god. He's a he's creation. So in the second one, Star-Lord goes to his father's world that he created and his father tries to use him for his power to create a new universe. So he is human in every aspect, but he has God blood flowing through him. Creationist. Okay. Um, I think that I've got pretty much everybody where I want them. I got Willie, I got Kufos, I got Barnes, Healed. Giles Fox, Badanovich, Mason, Bagley, Bealy to Yogi. And I'm throwing I, a rule that you cannot say the same one twice. I'm pretty well, sure your then, only guy left is Swanigan. Then you can't get use Yogi for two guys, but fair enough. I, I'm i going to pass here because I think that none of the remaining bench players are are given that godlike status. So I, I'm going to take a, take a loss here. Easy dub is all I'm going to say. This one is Buddy. This is what I saved Buddy for. I think that he's half God that we he got arrested while he was in New Orleans and then we freed him and unleashed his potential and power in Sacramento. He's got that little bit of like a wittiness to him. This is what I was saving Buddy for. Fair Buddy enough. should have gone when it was four then because four is a God. He's not part God. He is God. You a know, funder. He didn't even say a pick, and you're just still gonna crap on mine here. <laughs> I think I, I think I've made a new friend today, or just a very uh, wise judge that I, that I bring cases to. But you know what? The Kings are gonna sign a big free agent this off season. Now you want to talk about mercenaries? That's gonna be our Star Lord, the guy that comes in, uh, gets that big paycheck. But you know, listen, he's gonna do the job too. He's gonna do whatever it takes. Leave it all out on the court. Uh, and earn that money. Well, he's uh, not on the Kings roster, so uh, just so everyone remembers, Rich did not pick anyone for Star-Lord. 
To be fair, Star Lord's overrated, dude. Oh damn, you're not. He me. is, dude. He's he's he didn't even know he was part god. He doesn't know how to use his powers. Um, I think he only has the ability for creationist when he's around his dad. Oh, it's Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> So if that wraps you up, guys, then uh, I'll stop throwing names at you. The only other one I was going to do is Drax, but Drax is basically similar to Hulk, but not as cool. He's just funnier. Okay. Yeah, I think we're I think we're out of guys here at this point. I think that wraps it up. I think it's obvious who won this contest. It was a Thank close so margin. Adam, for Six your five wisdom, your judgment, final score. your impartiality, fairness. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. It's always good to be here and with you guys, and it's always good to be around when Brendan loses. <laughs> you know, it was a close margin. My final tally is 6-5, and if, if any of the listeners want to send some uh, hate mail to Rich and say that I won, I uh, I have some... I'll have just, just message me. Bro. I'll send you... Send me your <laughs> bank account number. You hear that? Eight, uh, I believe our impartial judge said 8-3. Well, I didn't hear him keeping track throughout. I'm pretty sure he's pulling this number out of his ass. (laughs) You'll never know. (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the King's Pulls podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Adam for taking the time to hop on this second segment here. Give us a little bit of insight on what these Avengers are. Check out his podcast that I'm on a bit as times as well that we've talked about here, the Celtics Pulse podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a good day. You will hear from us later in the week.